He scopes out the present, shakes out the past, and keeps an eye out on the future. This is the Racing with Bruno podcast. Now, from Lexington, Kentucky, here's Bruno DiGiulio. And welcome to Preak This Week. Let's talk about what is happening in Baltimore with my man, Ronaldo El Flatero, the Mexican connoisseur of food. <laughs> I thought you were going Italian and then you went Mexican. Yeah, I did have, I went to Baltimore, the home of crab cakes, and last night I ate Mexican. Go figure. Yeah. You left early was, out of the was, Zoom, too. Montezuma's revenge. I had to leave her, yeah. Yeah, because our our move the move to Louisville that won't end is still not ending, and I had to deal with some of that. So it's still not going to end well, but it's coming to a conclusion near you. But I'm avoiding the topic at hand, aren't I? Yes, you are. So are you baffered yeah. out right now? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, and I talked to Bob a couple times yesterday, and we were texting back and forth today, and there are other reporters sharing those experiences, and if you've seen him pop up on cable news, apparently, you know, he, he's not going to stop talking, and his lawyers must be going, oh, not again. But his lawyers were involved today. They did negotiate with the folks at the Maryland Jockey Club and the Stronach Group, the owners of Pimlico, and they came to an agreement that is a one-strike circumstance for Baffert's horses not only in the Preakness, but the Black-Eyed Susan. But let's focus on the Preakness, where Medina Spirit and Concert Tour arrived Monday. It turned out they were administered a drug test right then and there upon arrival at the Stakes Barn at Pimlico. By the virtue of the agreement that was arrived at, that test will be graded and they'll have a result on it by Friday. If either of those horses test positive, they're out of the Preakness. Baffert must, by virtue of the agreement he made with the administration here in Baltimore with the racing authorities and the racetrack, he said he'll scratch any horse from the Preakness or Black-Eyed Susan that might test positive from his barn. So he's, and there's no split sample. That was emphasized today at the news conference after the draw. No split sample, one shot. And isn't it interesting, Bruno, that Baffert has a one-strike circumstance with his horses for the Preakness, and that result will be in even before, probably, we get the second split sample from Kentucky to determine if Medina Spirit can keep his Kentucky Derby victory as a result of the beta-methasone positive that uh, popped up. Oh, oh, oh and that's one more thing, Bruno. How did beta-methasone get into Medina Spirit? Baffert says, we never administered it. Well, today, Baffert's saying maybe we did. They applied an ointment to Medina Spirit to help, as you said, Bruno, had hind end issues to t help alleviate the pain. It's an ointment that's available. You can get it prescribed. You can buy it online. And it turns out they checked. Guess what ingredient is in that ointment, Bruno? Bingo. And so they're saying that's probably the culprit. Now, here's the problem with that. It's a mitigating circumstance, but it doesn't make that 0.21 go away or the 21 picograms. It turns out, too, that there is not a 10 picogram threshold. It's a zero tolerance threshold in Kentucky. That was changed recently. 
So Baffert's lawyer has walked that back, said, yep, I get it, I was wrong, it is zero. So you can explain it away, but it doesn't make the 21 go away. And so if that pops up again on the second split, well, you can say that all you want. It's going to be uh, up to them to throw themselves on the mercy of the Kentucky Horse Racing Commission, which would then disqualify Medina Spirit from his derby win. So isn't it interesting how this is going to shake out? The Preakness will come and go, and a drug test will have happened and determined whether Medina Spirit and Concert Tour get into the Preakness. And then we're going to find out about the derby after that, presumably, assuming that second split doesn't come in. So there's that. Oh, they had the draw today, too. <laughs> um, go right ahead. Fill us in. What are you waiting for? Time is money. I Come don't on. know. A, a, little, a little ceremony, I guess, is what I was waiting for, and there was a lack of that today. They didn't even have one of those big boards up to hang the numbers up. They did it all digitally. And Medina Spirit drew number three for Baffert and Johnny Velasquez, and he was made the 9-5 to five morning line favorite, which is about where we've seen betting on Medina Spirit ahead of the race. Concert Tour has been about 5-2 to two offshore, and it's 5-2 to two for Baffert and Mike Smith, the new rider. They drew the outside post at number 10. Then Steve Asmussen's Midnight Bourbon with Irad Ortiz now, not Mike Smith, is 5-1. to one. He drew the number 5. The rest of the field will go inside out. Number 1, Ram for Dwayne Lucas, Ricardo Santana Jr., 30-1. to one. Longest shot on the board off an allowance win. The number two, keep me in mind for Robertino Diodoro and jockey David Cohen at 15 to 1. We mentioned Medina Spirit, who will be part of the speed picture. Crowded trade, one of two for Chad Brown. He drew four. Javier Castellano and 10 to 1. Midnight Bourbon has mentioned five at 5 to 1. Number six, Rombauer could benefit from all that speed, right? Because he's a closer. And so Flavian Pratt will get the ride. He is 12 to 1 for trainer Mike McCarthy. Seven, France go to Ina. And isn't it interesting that his trainer, and I talked to him uh, after the draw today, they were the only connections who showed up, Hideyuki Mori, saying they may go for the lead because they don't want the dirt in their face that they got when they finished sixth in the UAE Derby. Joel Rosario, new rider. And 20 to 1. Unbridled honor for Todd Pletcher. Luis Saez rides 15 to 1, number 8. Risk taking the other Chad with Jose Ortiz, 15 to 1 in post 9. And concert tour in 10 with Mike Smith at 5 to 2. So there's your field for your Preakness stakes. Interesting that the speed, you'd look at Medina Spirit 3, Midnight Bourbon 5, France go to Ina 7, and concert tour 10, Bruno looking like the speed in this race. So let me get this straight. Mike Smith rode Midnight Bourbon last time out and took him back. He's off. Yeah. Irad Ortiz is on, but Mike Smith goes to concert tour, who has to be on the lead. The, mm -hmm. So Ortiz will ride the horse that Mike took back and most likely will put on the lead. Joel Rosario was taken off a of concert tour. So concert tour gets Mike Smith, as I mentioned, and Joel Rosario goes to the Japanese horse and they say, oh, we're going to go to the lead with the writer. They used to ride concert tour, but he's not riding concert tour. He's riding the French Japanese horse. So 
Did I get that right? Yeah, and and you got Johnny V on Medina Spirit, and as you said, he may be the best jockey on the lead going right now. So there's gonna be a lot of people on the lead. Yeah, nobody's gonna want to go because it'll be too crowded out there. That's yeah, right. Where's Yogi Berra when you need him? Uh, he's training the eleven horse, also eligible. Uh, the um, uh, so I'm liking Rombauer just from style. I'm not ready to fully pull the trigger yet. I want to hear what you know my racing with Bruno information yeah, gives well, me. We're but we're going to start working on it. I'm sure the entries will come out tonight. Uh, we'll be working on the Thursday, Friday, and Saturday cards over the next two days. Mm -hmm. uh, but in the meantime, you sound baffered out. I oh man, I you know I, I mean the draw the news conference afterwards was about the Baffert deal with a lawyer and a veterinarian and a oh, the Mexican man, food. Just, the, well, yeah, but uh, does Baffert like him? Yeah, Baffert's Baffert's more of a steak guy, but but you know Mexican food. I was looking for something different. Bruno, if you got something for me to take me away from the world of Bob? Well, you pulled the parachute cord a little quick early last night. On the Zoom, Zoom. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and we went on a discussion on how to play two-year-old in training sales horses. We, I oh. went through what we do uh, as far as when I look at sales and how I approach it, and we talked about uh, prices, why horses pay, times, what do we look in the horses, and how to view a two-year-old in training sale. Um, I thought it was a good educational Zoom, and I had a lot of fun doing it. It's a little different than your usual X's and O's. This was like, you know, with a lot of the guys, it was like fitting a square peg in a round hole. But I'll tell you one thing, they saw and heard stuff they had not heard before. A lot of you guys didn't get a chance to come on to our um, two-year-old in uh, training sales. They're a big handicapping factor when you're looking at at, at the races, especially at first-time starters. So um, what is the big deal about two-year-old in sales? From a perspective of uh, my perspective, that I have used two-year-old in training sales for my own uh, gambling uh, on horses, on young horses. I've used it as, uh, uh, as a business when I worked for a number of trainers, including Bob Baffert, for about six years at the sales. And what my job was, was to go in and be at the track, watch horses train, watch the way they did their breezes, take all the splits down, because they didn't only work 10 flat or 21, they galloped out. Trainers want to know the gallop outs, but I also wanted to know how they moved, how they acted, and if they made any noise. Well, what we're going to do is we're going to go and take a look at a few breezes from um, that uh, on some horses at the sale. And we're going to then we are going to analyze the horses themselves. So let's go to, um, you know, before as I start going into the share screen, um, let's go around the, the group and let's find out what some of you think about the two year old in training sales. Dave, I'll start with you. Well, we we watched it uh, what two weeks ago on a Monday. It was last I mean week. on a Tuesday. Uh, very very interesting and 
you can get, like you said, you can get a lot of a lot of knowledge on these young young horses that are first coming up and a lot, see their flaws at the very beginning before they even uh, run their first race to watch them as you know their first start. So some of these uh, um, sales that you you show us that these horses are walking and doing their thing, and uh, you can already see the the money they're spending on them is astronomical and they may not even get to the track and you, you're going to be way ahead of the game. If you're paying attention to what you're uh, trying to teach us here and you're not even going to waste your money on some of these horses, even though they go for a big sale price in which everybody is, you know, memorized. And they say, Oh, 600,000. Oh, this must be the best horse that's ever been bred this year. And really some of these horses are, they got so many flaws that, you know, you can actually really go into it now and say, hey, you know what? I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna use this loss on my ticket. I'm gonna throw them out. And you know, what you're showing us, I think you're gonna you're gonna come out ahead. Well, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna look at the first one we're gonna look at is a horse that cost five hundred thousand dollars last year at the Facey's Tipton Maryland sale. This is a quarter mile drill. This is a bull ring. They start at the quarter, which is at the top of the turn. They work through the lane to the wire. This is going to be a quarter mile drill. Those 21 and three, which is equivalent to about a 21 flat at OBS. Fast work for this horse. Impressive mover. So now what we're going to do is we are going to look at this horse Um big stretch out there nice mover took the turn very well that is a good at, at top speed so now we are going to watch this horse in slow motion. slow motion first of all look how the knee snaps from right to left the knee is stat snapping while he's running does it snap on the right but the left knee also turning for home. I want you to see how that knee takes all the pressure. First of all, look at the way it comes over almost in front of the other foot. How on the turn that knee takes so much of the pressure, how it snaps. So having said that, what that shows that particular clip shows how that left knee rotates when it hits the ground and it rotates every time it stretches forward. So imagine that left knee hitting the ground on a turn with all the pressure that it has of its body. Just as I showed you here, how much pressure is torqued on that knee on the turn. The knee is going to come down. Look at the way the body of the horse is placed. All that pressure is on that left knee. And when that left knee straightens out, look at the continued motion. This horse brought $500,000. As a two-year-old last year, he did not race. He finally had, a on April 23rd, a three-furlong work. One year, almost to the day, 
that he previewed, he recorded a three furlong work. I can guarantee you that's what that horse's problem is. He's too big, blocky, big on top, putting a lot of pressure on that left knee. So what I do is when I'm looking at these horses, I'm going to show you another one here. This is a frosted filly from last year. Bruno, what was the name of that last horse that just ran? Uh, I believe that horse's name is Celestial Moon, I think. Um, you'd have to pull it up. The mare was Global Hottie. This is a, a, a beautiful gray horse, but look at that left knee again. There is rotation in that knee. So when you're looking at all these horses we're looking at, and they have that rotation, to me, that those horses cannot stay sound enough for you to be able to, uh, for me to be able to follow them. So what I do, let's say we're going to watch these horses live videos. This is from last year. Short striding, uh, quick action, not bad. Kind of lugging in and goes in 10 and 1. Did not take the turn well, I note that. Not, not a bad breeze. You see how this one's got much better action with a left front knee? Much better. Moving pretty nice. Not Doesn't seem to have major rotation in the ankles and hitting the ground. I like this horse. This horse did okay. Let's go find out who this horse was. Horse's name is hip number one. Is that what it is? I guess that it is. Let's see if the horse has started before. New York bred for Bruce Brown. Ran fourth, uh, first time out for straight maidens. Seventh, second time out, and then third, uh, last time out. He's entered. Uh, he was entered to run on Monday, February 15th at Aqueduct, and I need to pull up and see how he did. But that horse is um, interesting, and it has not worked since. But it had a decent way of going. Let's see in a number two video. This horse got scratched, did not go to the sale. I need to see this on slowdown. The lead switch was really wild to me. Guys, horses move. The movement of horses is their indirect relation is how far they're going to go and how sound they can uh, race and with longevity. Now, I want you to watch this right knee. Right knee up front. You see the actual torque that that knee gets. Right there. He's Oof. fully extended and slamming it into the ground. That, that right knee does not hit the ground at the right, the same place each time. That knee goes to almost like a 360. There's no way that that horse can stay sound a prolonged period of time. That's why you see that this horse, this Bernardini, was withdrawn. Uh, let's find one that sold for decent money. He's went for, uh, let's look at Randy Prasad's um, ghost zapper that he bought. People say, oh, that's good pedigree. That's a good pedigree. How about that, guys? Can you guys see the bad action on that horse? <laughs> it's almost like the left front is flapping out. It's almost like it's, 
that left front is is looks like a, a merry i'm gonna try to get a good video of this because i need to slow it down for you guys oh that is serious crossover though they they saw that before the sale and still pay yes. money for it yes how can a horse like that race competitively or even have a chance Damn. to run at any kind of level that's He's any meaning is that correctable at all <laughs> no, how can that be correctable? That's bone, dude. Yeah. I mean, I I get that question a lot, and I cannot understand how can somebody look at that. Oh, is that correctable? Uh, what do you do? How do you how do you how do you correct bone? Well, somebody bought him. Somebody bought him, right? Yes. Yeah, he was twenty five thousand dollar buy. Let's look at this 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 Liam's map. So now I'm going to start it over. Well, you know, then do bad. 10-1. Everybody looks at the time. All they do is look at the time. Now we're going to look at the way the legs move. Because that's going to be what the key is. With left this rear. Ooh, left rear is terrible. The left rear does something weird. Mm -hmm. Shifts inner. The front end is not bad. It's much better than what the last one we saw. It's still a little bit incorrect on the right front, but this horse is not bad. I, the, the right rear does something funny with his, uh, with his left front ankle. It, the, the foot's ready to hit the ground. So this, oh. is not very, this is not bad. This is not something that we would throw back. He wasn't stepping too high. Uh, you don't want to see a horse stepping too high. Any horse that steps too high, what happens, that's wasted time. If you want horses that basically do not, and, I, and I'm hoping to come across one that um, will show you a good way of going. So let's, here's a $290,000 tonalist. Left front, right Very front. Very good. Wing. Yep. It's interesting how I have shown these and I always get at least one question about being correctable. And some people believe pedigree fix it, and it doesn't. You see how far he picks those legs up off the ground? That's time wasted. You waste time by picking those feet so far up the ground to stride out. When they so pick they it look up, like they're going. Yeah. When they pick it up that high, does that increase the chances of slapping the ground? Well, they all slap the ground, but it's wasting time in motion. That's a lot of wasted motion right there. And look at the right knee, the way that thing comes around. It's a light boned animal too. doesn't have big bone and that can really hurt them. But that's a great view of, of how, how far they hit the ground, how far they come off the ground. I still I haven't found a horse that I can take a look at. Let's look at this into mischief. You see how this one has a much lower stride when 10 and one. So if we take this horse and we're going to do our stride analysis and I don't do a stride analysis uh, based on how far they stride. I do a stride analysis on basically how they travel, because that's going to be even more important. 
than a stride, uh, how far they, as far as some horses stride out a long way. However, when they stride out a long way, they're really slow in doing it. So it, it doesn't really matter that they've got a big stride is they're slow. So here is the, this into mischief. I believe this one is the one that um, broke its maiden just uh, a bit ago at Santa Anita. So this one left front really rotates too. But if you notice, her action is not as far up high and stretches out rather than up when it moves. We still haven't found one that we like. Let's see. Let's look at this one. Frosted. Gray Colt from uh, Cassius King bought it. Low to the ground. There's a reason I like to sit out on the turn. Uh, with a, uh, I like to sit at the eighth pole when I clock. And it's for this particular reason. You can see horses action coming out of the turn. All, all of this stuff, guys, all of this stuff at the two-year-old in training sales is worth using. For example, watch it going away. Look at the right front going away from you. You know, the one thing that popped out at me right away was how the pin the ears were. Was not happy doing what he was doing. If you do this with your horses, even watching head-ons, these uh, most if you if you've only just started following and doing this with us on Zooms, all of these guys can vouch that we have knocked horses and been right by just looking at their action. Look at that ankle and knee right front. It goes through a couple of gyrations before it straightens out and hits the ground. That's the kind of thing that takes time. That's why sometimes horses cannot be. Um, fast horses or um, because of that because it takes them time to be able to move and and at a faster rate than their competition that may have a much better way of going and I'm trying to still come up with a with a really good um, horse out of here well, let's take a look at this tap it we're 250 barely made the stud fee when you're looking at these two-year-old in training sales um what i just showed you is the way i do it from a horseman standpoint if i'm looking to buy something however if you're looking at them from a handicapper standpoint what do you look at do you look at the price do you look at the way the horses are moving do you look at who bought them um do you look at the pedigree well, I will tell you some of the more successful high-priced horses were ones who didn't have the pedigree and, and ended up doing very, very well. Um, I look at the way they move, but I also have a tendency to discount the OBS horses, the OBS sales in March, April, and June on a synthetic track where I think when they work fast, they're usually our turf horses. They're not dirt horses. And they seem to prove that over and over, no matter what the big price is. However, and, and let's go take a look. Let's go take a look at OBS, at the recently concluded uh, OBS meet. And let's see the difference. What, what we just witnessed 
is facing Tipton, Maryland. That's the sale that's going on this week. So now we're going to go look at uh, OBS and what the difference is. So we're going to take a look at, let's look at this Leo band. This um, from uh, sequel bot. It's a New York horse. This is a synthetic track and stretched out. Well, he looks quick, went 10 flat, but he also went at 826 in the morning. That track is much faster in the first set every morning than it is any other part of the day, because when it gets hotter in Ocala, that track ends up being much slower, where in the morning, where there's more, uh, 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 it's cooler, that track, it's just like any synthetic. Um, here it is. This horse is working at 1.07 p.m. He looks like he's got heavy legs. It's a California Chrome. Let's take a look at a Gormley here. 9.45 in the morning. I already don't like the left front. Not much of a stride at all. Oh, and went in 21 and two. I didn't think much of the stride at all. And also what's beautiful about OBS is they can give you where you can watch the horse walk. And this is where I get a lot of my information. Beautiful, beautiful bodied horse. His body is, is about as good as, as it gets. Good hind end. Love the push off from behind. There's a little play weakness behind. And he's not a bad mover up front, but he does. Remember we said the left front? He's a little weak behind. I can just tell he's a little weak behind. But we're going to go take a look at the way the horse moves up front. Would you agree that's a beautiful looking horse? Yeah. Very well made above the knees. Now we're going to see. But right moves perfectly. Can you see the rotation on the left? He doesn't have it on the right. Not as bad. It, it comes from here, goes over to the right, and then back out. Right. Look how close this horse is up front and behind. He's narrow up front, and he's narrow behind. Look his hind end. His, and here's what I was saying about a week. Watch how this left foot places here in front of the right foot. And the right foot swings out to go. In uh, the right of the foot left. is not bad at all, but it's the hind that I'm looking at. Look at what the right hind land, left hind lands in front of the right hind. When the horse is stepping out in front, the left hind is ending up between the two feet. And almost behind the right front. Right. That's the problem. To me, that's probably one of the worst that I've seen, how it buckles all the way in right there. So... When I'm looking at the source and I'm thinking about buying them, I'm like going, uh, no. Um, and this thing went for 85,000. Mm. <laughs> when, when you're looking at something on a horse, guys, um, you know, for example, if I saw when I, when I went and looked at horses and I saw a problem on the right side, I would always look on the left. See, for example, a lot of guys would say, well, he's got a chip on the right. Hey, can you check the, the, the chip in the right ankle and see how it is? I would say, check the left hind ankle and see what the problem is. I'll guarantee you that that one horse we saw, 
people would look at it and say, you know, um, probably that horse will probably have some issues uh, on the right, right side, on the right hind. And when you look at it, people don't pay attention to the left hind. That left hind was coming all the way over and crossing over in front of the right, causing the right to have to go around it or else he was going to step on himself. Like here's, for example, here's a horse that costs only 15,000 when went 21 flat. Let's look at this horse when he's walking. I see a bad horse behind already. Right hind. Now we're going to get to see it coming from the back. Mike, do you see the problem with the right hind? See how it moves? Mm-hmm. It's doing the same thing as the other one was. Yep. Look at that. It's stepping in, and that horse is going to have a lot of problems kicking itself. Yep. You, you, you probably can imagine what it looks like when you slow it down. And what happens with that type of uh, walk is that horse, the farther he goes, and, and that becomes worse and worse and worse. I do not believe this horse will ever make it to the races. He almost kicks himself in the hind, in the hind right. The hind right almost kicks the left. And most likely does. So now we're going to go try to find a horse for a hundred. Uh, let's find one that costs a lot of money. Let's look a look at this exaggerator that Gail Van Leer bought. When I see these walking videos for yearlings, I can automatically toss horses out. How many don't you toss out? Very, Very few. Well, I, I'm not going to go buy a horse that's crooked like that. Yeah. I'm just saying, I mean, I, I mean, I don't have a number. I mean, yeah, we can't, we we haven't found one that you, I mean. This one's not bad. I, I, I mean, I really can't fault it. Nice walker. Moved okay. Not a bad looking colt at all. May not be that big, but he's a good mover. Not a bad breezer. He's out of an Irish mare. Moves well. Picked it up really the last 16th. That's a decent, you know, he looks decent to me. Went really well, better after the wire and galloped out than, than he started. He started off slow. He doesn't know what he's doing. Now, all of a sudden, here he picks it up. He, he starts to stretch out. He could have gone 10 flat very easily, and he worked at 1030 in the morning. So when I look at that, I, I kind of like that horse. He's okay. Let's look at what kind of pedigree he had. Out of a foxhound mare. Decent pedigree. I mean, you know, 11 of racing age mayor, 10 to race, 10 winners, producer. I think it's a turf horse. But so when you're looking at this, you make that decision on this horse that, yeah, it is a turf horse. You have all the information you need uh, by looking at, at all the uh, all the the things that we've been looking at. Let's find something that com- came across a big money. How about the violence, sire? You're almost there. Yeah, well, the, I love violence. Violence, they're really good, yeah. but they are unsound. Yeah. They are. They have a lot of play in, in their lower joints. They're, they're, they're crooked. And what happens is people, they're really fast and they don't last. So you really got to be careful when you buy a violence that you're buying one that is correct. This is a big, good-looking Munnings. I love the hind end. I love the lax, you know, the uh, dum da dum, you know, beautiful face on them. Good shoulder, good hind end. I like the way it's walking, well taken care of. A little bit longer than I want in the cannon bones up front, uh, but it's got an elegant look to him. Uh, looks like a runner, a little, you know, he's got some little things that I pick on 
But overall, he's a good-looking individual. Now we got to see him walking towards us. When we get to see him walking towards us, we get a better idea of what we're looking for. I see a little bit of a play in a right hawk that's behind. If you notice, he's not putting his right foot behind consistently. He's not bad. I don't like his left front. Let's go back and show you why. So then I start looking at it a little bit more critically. You have to have those legs placed down correctly or else you're not going to you're not going to have a horse that's going to last or a last a horse that's going to be good. So now I'm going to go back and I'm going to send this over. Out of a sale like that, I might like three horses, you know, and also you've got to buy for what's it, for your pocketbook and your client's pocketbooks. Is that a detriment to the readings or is that just how it always is? That, that, that That's just the, the result of, of that mate. Some horses are going to throw certain horses that have uh, issues like, you know, with, with correct. That's why you need to have a well-conformed horse. That's why confirmation is so important. Pedigree does not guarantee you confirmation, guys. I need, I need to repeat that. Pedigree does not guarantee confirmation. This one, I don't like the right hawk. I don't like the right hind, the way that right hind moves. It places his foot. I'm going to do it again. His left hind kicks the right hind. And now he puts the foot in a different spot. And now the left comes over and almost hits it. Does that have anything to do with him looking, though, with his head on the front end when he first started the walk? Keep looking. Where's he looking now? Yeah. Straight ahead. So you guys want so badly for these horses to, to make an excuse of the way they move, and you can't. It's how their legs and body is built. You can't make Shaggy on Scooby-Doo walk better. Can you? Can anybody picture in their mind Shaggy walking on Scooby-Doo? Okay, that's how he walks. That's how his body's built. Horses are the same way. So that's why horses can, you, you buy a horse for 500000 If you're not careful, you're getting something like that that gets missed very easily. Now on the left front, Watch where the right front foot lands. It lands square. Watch how the left front foot lands. Not so square. The left foot lands straight. Pretty good. Right? So now, Wait, that's a great example. So that means every time this horse strides, when he's going to run, he's not going to be, he, he, that left front is going to hit at an angle that puts pressure right in the sesamoids and right up the suspensory. So let's take a look at that horse, the way, um, the way that horse moves. Quick question. Which yeah. part of the foreleg is the cannon bone, upper or lower? The below, between the knee and the ankle. Okay. Thank you. So this is a horse that has a great body, uh, the great body up above the knees, and I do not like the right hind, and I do not like the left front. And it almost crosses over up front. You notice that? Now, I want you to notice something behind. Let's start behind. Watch what the right hind, we told you the right hind. Look where it lands. 
then all of a sudden, the next step, it's going to land towards us. It's going to land more inside. Look at how far that it, it, it changes to where it almost that right hind almost comes in front of the left hind. Now, you look up front because the way the knee was built and what I was telling you, where that foot was landing, it lands on this side here of the foot. That means it puts all the pressure on the inside. That's not a good mover. Beautiful biting horse, but he just missed legwise. So let's see, what did this horse cost? 450. Yeah, 425. 425. It's a lot of money for a horse that has some flaws, doesn't it? Mm. A lot of flaws. Let's see if there's a violence. Let's take a look at this violence. Right away, you go, yuck. No way. Look at okay. that left front, the way it slaps. Yeah. Willing, stretches out. But there's a reason why it's 10 and 3. There's a lot of wasted motion in all the joints. And that horse won't stay sound. Here's a 21 and 2. If I slowed this down, it wouldn't be very uh, pretty either. Really slowed down late. Stick his head out like it can't breathe. But it went 21 and 2. What did they pay for it? 12500 Why? Because I guarantee you that horse can't breathe the way that, that neck was stuck out. So here's one that went 10 and 1. Not impressed. Doesn't give me any thoughts of any quality or any athleticism. And it may even cross over up front. Uh, let's look at one of the better ones. Let's see. The 220... And the 190. Let's look at the 220 that went 10 flat. Right away, I paid attention to the left front. Very classy animal. Right away, I'm, I'm, I'm noticing something on the left hind. I've not seen these videos, guys. So I'm reacting to what I'm seeing. I'm going to be looking at the left hind when it comes towards me. Uh, Did you see that? Almost looked like it jumped off. Right. Right. So now let's see if they show you a head on. That left hind is very loose. What you're seeing is that horse creating a circular. Do you, you see how, how, how it is a lot of play in that ankle? Up front is not bad at all. It's probably better than, than, than most violences. But this left front here really comes in this way all the time. That's, that's tough, on a, it's tough on a horse to, to stay sound on something like that. And they spent uh, 220000 on that one. Oof. My racehorse. Let's take a look at the, uh, let's look at it the way it breezed again. It went 10 flat. They're all about the time. They can't, those horses don't go that far. They just can't. So now let's look at uh, this, this one then Martin Racing Stable bought. Good looking chestnut. Nice, easy walk. Love the way it's putting its feet down. Maybe something in the left front, I'm seeing. And what did they do? Did you notice? They did not give you a head-on walk. So, let's go look why they didn't give you the head-on walk. Is that horse running sideways? Uh, no, it was on the wrong lead. It was on the left lead. Very narrow up front. Very narrow. I always get that little feeling like, okay, you didn't want to give me the, the walks. I don't like the way he's moving behind either, to be honest. 
It's short striding up front. It's not pushing off as well. And it's short striding up front. It's got no extension. Have you noticed that? No extension. I'm always skeptical of racehorse uh, of videos of walking videos that don't give you the head on walk. Why? Why won't they give you that head on face on? Well, they, well, they know his walk is bad. It, they're afraid they're going to talk, talk people off. And judging by the way that horse ran, it wasn't pushing off well behind. I would have seen something probably behind and probably up front. It wasn't stretching out, but on the stretch out up front, it's a problem behind. So what I find it interesting about two-year-old in training sales is I can pull, 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 pull holes in a lot of those horses. You know, not only, you know, and, and when you poke holes into them, you know how many don't make it? Just never even run out of those sales. We tie up maybe 5,500 to 8,000 two-year-olds every year for the two-year-old in training sales. Mm. And we wonder why we have short fields. If you catch a horse debuting on your on your past performances that previewed and was sold in March of the year before, and now it's been a full year, that horse came back with problems out of those sales. And if you look at them, nine out of ten will show you flaws in the way they were built confirmationally. And being having faults. And those confirmation is even more compounded with the stress by taking a yearling in November and December and having them work, even if they're doing 14s and 15s. Because if you've got to go to a March or April sale, you have to be, you have to be breezing your two-year-old before he's even a two-year-old in late December early January. Most falls are February through May falls. What if you got a May fall that you're actually putting on the track to train as a year and a half old? So what happens? A lot of these two-year-olds, they, they try, but they need time after these sales. So now you're buying a horse in May and you better buy something that's a tough SOB. Because you're not going to be able to send them right to the track. And guess what most owners want to do? Send, send them right, right to the track. And what happens? They get to the track. They don't withstand it. They would, you know, they, they, they fall apart. They got to go back to the farm. And even if you give them time. So I look for two-year-old and training sales horses to either uh, pop right away in May or June or not see them until the fall. If they've been off a year after the two-year-old training sale, it was something serious. There's some kind of surgery involved, soft tissue. Now, off the OBS track, I've gotten, I personally have had horses come back two weeks after I got them. You know, I got them, get them two weeks later. They show up with, with um, pressure and swelling in the soft tissues, in ligaments and suspensories. So that track is hard on them. Um, so when you're looking at two-year-old training sales, you can learn a lot about the horse. Because, Kevin, what do we say? It is, it is caballo. In, 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 in English. 
in English. Cowboy. <laughs> who is that horse? Find out who that horse is. Go to these sites, obssales.com, phasingtipton.com. You can pull up the videos. You can look at the way they move. If you have a all-inclusive access to racing with Bruno with the works, you can go to our auction sales database and you can pull them up and you got all the videos there. I try to be very good about putting all the videos there. So you can look at a way a horse moves and you can see the way they act, you know, and, and you can derive a better idea than just looking at a for sale price. Any questions about the two-year-old sales? There can be a wealth of information for you with young, with, with two-year-old first-time starters. It, it's, it's what really happens. Mm-hmm. And that's why horses can eat. You cannot look at price tag. We'll let all the novices look at the price tag. Mm-hmm. Price tags are like fireworks. Ooh, ah. But at the end, what does it mean? Nothing. Right. A lot of noise. Mike, were you able to, to finally pay it? take a look at when you see something, automatically go to the other side? Because what you're seeing is a re- direct result of what's happening on the other side. It's kind of like you telling us horses run away from pain. So, you know, if you look see something. The, yeah. you, yes. Remember what we did with Capo Kane when I told you the second time he ran in New York, I said, don't bet on him. No. Why? Because he was running out of pain from the inside left stifle. And that's why he was lugging out in the lane. And, you know, if they lug in, there's something on the outside. If they're lugging out, there's something on the inside. It could also be their breathing. But with Capo Kane, that was definitely a left stifle, which made it sense because they bought him for cheap and probably he had a problem back there as a baby, and they were able to buy them cheap because of that. There's a cause and effect to everything, guys. There's reasons why horses get bought cheap. They get bought cheap because there's something wrong with them. But on the other hand, people who spend six figures, as you've seen, on horses that don't have the legs for it. So if you have an all-exclusive access with Bruno with the Works, you can pull up these videos, and it's usually on your workout report as well. They're all on your workout report. And the handicapping sheet as the workout report, you wouldn't believe how many people don't realize that the workout report is at the is, is behind the cheat sheet, the handicapping sheet when you get it. And that has all the auction information on it with all the videos. I just found the, uh, or I just went to the auction sales and I see the uh, video. I just watched the 25 second a video of a curling uh, at the uh, OBS sales. Wow. It's great stuff. And, and a lot of people don't notice it. You know, a lot of people don't look at it. And and it, it's a, there's a wealth of information there. And it's all you have to do is get the time to go look at it. What I've been doing is I'm working the Facey Tipton Maryland sales starting Wednesday. And I'm doing a breakdown, uh, you know, a, a analysis of almost every horse. If I like the way they breathe, I'll break down the way they move. Now, a lot of them, I got video. I already have a short list of horses that I like the way they move, just in their walks from the Keeneland sales. When I go and watch the way they move, I want to see athleticism, 
And I already have an idea of the way they're built. Even one of them, I already had the consigner that had them at Keeneland send me the vet sheet. So I knew exactly what was wrong with it. For all of you that are coming on for our Thursday uh, Zoom for Breakness, we're doing it Thursday, guys. Okay. That way we can uh, have Friday night to relax, handicap, and uh, head into um, head into Preakness. Also doing it Thursday night so I can cover the Black Eyed Susan too. We'll go back to our regular schedule next week. We'll have a lot many uh, many more uh, also for our Wednesday Zooms. Our, um, we'll have a lot more uh, two-year-old races to go through. Bruno, that was just what the doctor ordered to give me something that makes me feel like I can talk about horses racing again, as opposed to all the bureaucracy and machinations and news and all that other stuff here in Baltimore. Horses racing, young horses racing. That's encouraging. Um, the two-year-old in training sales can be as frustrating as they can be fun to handicap. And uh, understanding the, the, the little pieces of information you get from them and how to fit it into the big puzzle is quite, quite the, uh, uh, the achievement. And I can tell you back in the early 2000 through 2010, uh, and even when I did it, um, uh, when I was working with, for Bob, uh, 2011 through 2016, that was an eye opener. And uh, I'm telling you, that was probably some of the best uh, uh, two-year-old sales graduates that I, I saw uh, uh, over the years. And that's a lot of fun. I can tell you at Horse Racing Nation, whenever we focus on a two-year-old race and identify a two-year-old that might be a horse to watch or might be a horse to stop watching or any of that. We, we have the metrics where we're able to see what kind of response our stories get. Those are always just catnip for our readers. And I imagine you're going to find, well, you've already found the same thing for your customers and clients, that they can't get enough of this information about these horses coming around the bend, the two-year-olds, and, and especially if they're trying to find value, right? Because we're all trying to find value, but legitimate value, not you know throwing money at a 20-to-1 shot that can't win, throwing money at a, at a two-year-old that can. I, I, I really believe that, that looking at young horses and understanding maiden races and where they're coming from and who they are is the key to making money at the races. I've done it over the last 35 years, and every year uh, the two-year-old season is something I really look forward to. Yeah, yeah. You're not alone, are you? Um, no. I, I think there's a lot of players that shy away. They don't want to learn. They, they, they refuse to play them. They, they, they don't want to learn to use that information into making themselves better handicappers looking at two-year-olds and first-time starters, and all they do is complain. I like to take their money. If you're going to complain about <laughs> two-year-old racing, you just keep on betting. I'll take your money. Okay. So review again when we will see product this week for the Preakness? I'm trying to get the, the Thursday, Friday, and Saturday Pimlico out by Thursday. And you remember, we also have Churchill going and the rest of our tracks. 
And Ron, I've been a busy little bee, and I've got a lot of work to do. So here's my final thought of the of, of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Go listen to the Zoom for the second time. Get more from Bruno by going to racingwithbruno.com. This has been the Racing with Bruno podcast.